Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast. I'm joined, as always, by co-hosts of the podcast and the lead pastor of One Life Church, Brett Nicholson. How's it going, Brett? It's going great. It's it's like an event to get to see Sarah these yeah. days, because it used to be like this daily thing, and now it's um, a little less frequent than that, but you're yeah. out doing new good things, and is all that going well? It's enjoying going, life? Yeah, I am. It's going really well. I actually uh, was just telling Jimmy about some things I've been learning, you know, that nonprofits connecting with for profits and how sometimes, you know, for profits are looking for help from nonprofits and it's fascinating how all that works. But also, uh, last week I had a, a conversation with another organization that's kind of similar to for Evansville, um, in Colorado Springs. And they were asking about some of the systems I've set up in the few months I've been there. And they're like, can you show us how to do that? And I was like, I mean, I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos, to be honest. So. <laughs> That's so, the trick. It's huh? the way the world no, works. But it's now. pretty impressive that people are already asking you about these things. You haven't been there that long. No, so. um, and just set up a few things, and people are always like, oh, what's the best one? And I said, my answer to all that is the one that your team will use is the best system to use, right? So, yeah, there's a lot to, yes. And a lot of things that I'm utilizing at 4 Evansville are things that I learned here. You know, I mean, if we, what's the best way we can get everyone to respond? Well, for us, it was group me, you know, before text didn't work because you get the Android phones and the Apple phones and it gets confusing. So finding right, some yeah, way to get everybody true. to talk. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. So you started the group me thing. I guess I didn't realize. Yeah, that. yeah. I actually had so, to yeah. give ownership over when I when I left the group me. I, I stayed in to see if anyone would say anything for like a couple of days after <laughs> I was off staff. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of. But it. yeah, we live and die on that thing. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of different. And it's so funny, like just to think, you know, it, again, like whatever the team will use is the one one that that's the, the one, one that, that works, is. So. That's a great answer. Well, I'm glad you become a consultant already. Well, it's, it's it's pretty. It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun place to work, and it's uh, unique. And I love the way that my my perspectives are shifting, which I think we can talk a little bit about today, um, based upon some conversations that I know you've been a part of. You're on a podcast mm-hmm. uh, called Man Made Podcast. Yes. Um, good guys who drink and cuss a little. Drink and cuss a little. Yeah. Or a lot, depending on how you look at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, I love the. Uh, it took it took a little while for you to see my comment, but you posted it on your Facebook page that you um, you were on the you know, about the podcast. And so I come and I was like, does that mean I can cuss on the One Life podcast? <laughs> uh, right. And of course I did that for the laughs, right? Well, you know, of course you did. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, that's right. I, I'm not sure anybody would want to hear you do that on here. But, yeah, I don't uh, know. And it, and I'd feel did, awkward. That would be the, yeah. And I would feel awkward too, honestly. You know, it's, it's like just one of those things like cussing in general, right? right. So this is not, definitely not on, on our topics to talk about at all. But it was right. one of those things of like, I always felt like, I don't think I ever went to this phase. There was a phase where I was like, oh, this is wrong. I can't do this. And then there was a phase where I was like, um, you know, I'm around people who do that. It feels a little more common at a workplace I worked at before the church. And then I was like, maybe I, I'm going to cuss. And it's like, if I said a word, I was like, I just feel like I sound stupid. <laughs> I'm not saying other people do, but I was like, me right, personally, yeah, I yeah, feel like I'm sure. forcing it, you know? Well, yeah. And if I you're forcing know. it, that's, that's not a good thing. That's <laughs> really weird to say. <laughs> We we're on a good roll here, but anyway, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But that was, yeah, that is the the, the premise behind the, the the podcast, and and they've done pretty well. They've gotten a halfway decent audience, yeah. and, and um, but it, their their deeper premise is they are talking. Uh, Jeff Stuckey is um, he's kind of the leader of it, and he is a counselor professionally, and yeah. it's been his observation through the years, especially for men specifically, that uh, they need a place to 
talk about issues. What did he say? Something like it's for it's for it's therapy for men who don't want to go to therapy or don't like therapy. And so he's trying to look for a format where men would relate to. And the podcast thing is a little bit more. And because he says, you know, men do as as a rule, they hate therapy and he's a therapist. And so that in in that sense, and that's why he threw the whole here, you know, you can cuss a little, you drink a little, whatever else. It kind of makes it, it lowers the bar for men to feel a little bit more at home with it or something like that. So I have to, yeah. So it's, it, uh, the the premise is really good. So topic for you being on the podcast, tell us a little bit. Yeah. What's funny is that he, he wrote, uh, he inboxed me just kind of out of nowhere and said, Hey, you want to come on my podcast to talk about why the church sucks so bad? (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, well, uh, I may be a little bit of a contrarian that because I don't believe that, but sure. I'll be glad to come on and talk about it. And, uh, and he didn't give me much beyond that. It was kind of this whole thing of, cause I didn't even realize till I got there and we started the recording that, uh, Jeff himself, his partner is Greg, and, and, and Jeff had had a church hurt experience, and Greg had had a church hurt experience, and they had heard through the grapevine that I had a church hurt experience. <laughs> so he said, okay, that's what got me nominated um, uh, to, to be on there to kind of talk out of the church hurt thing yeah. and then kind of go from there. And then Greg has kind of retained his faith, and I, have, of course, have. Uh, but Jeff himself has sort of rejected things, uh, and that's where the cuss a little thing or cuss a lot thing comes in. Yeah. And so, but he was the, kind of the guy to the conversation and asked a lot of hard questions. Uh, but the upside was, and that's the reason I went in and posted and pointed people to it, was it was a good conversation. It wasn't, uh, we debated some, but it wasn't really a debate, and it certainly wasn't an argument. It was, it was a very honest and open conversation about uh, things that people wonder about. And Jeff feels the freedom to ask it in a way that doesn't guard uh, against or, or doesn't filter for the just because I'm a pastor, which I liked. I, I actually knew that going in. Yeah, I thought he's not going to filter and, and all that, so that's fine. I was listening to it at work, and there were a couple times I just laughed out loud because <laughs> what I really was picturing in my mind is your face when some of these questions got asked or things got said. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, even asking about you know you're so kind and say you know your church hurt experience, but like the way that they said it was very different. Like, you know, you kind of got, you know, and they use some other language, you know, uh, right, right, yeah, experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, this is amazing. But also right. what I honestly loved, and I, I texted you this after I listened to it was like, this is exactly what one life's always wanted to be right. To be in right. a place, you know, and I'm not just saying like specifically one life church, but I think you personally have always loved being in conversations. You love to mm-hmm. listen and, and talk to people. Um, and I don't think, Sometimes you get to do that in ways, you know, with uh, like Braxton, we had Braxton and um, Jonathan on the podcast and, and, you know, they were taking questions from people, but it's not the same when you're not having that dialogue back and forth. Exactly. Uh, And I, and I thought, man, this, this is the, the lane, you know, when I think about One Life Church and when we started and what we wanted to do and the conversation we have and the the vision you had of sitting around, you know, like a coffee shop style and having conversation. This was that. And I was like, man, this is so great. I love the directness of his questions because these are things people are thinking. Why not have some conversation about them uh, in, in a different setting? So. Yeah, how to, how to get to that has always been the challenge because yeah. the, the, the vision is because I, I did spend time, you know, when I was even going through college and get my Bible degree and all that sort of thing, I worked in the, in the marketplace and worked in normal jobs. I sold cars. I waited tables. I worked in a factory. And 
I had conversations like that because they would pick up on the fact that I was training to be a pastor or whatever. And that would put me in a different category and they would go and they would start doing things like that, but they would do it in that unfiltered manner. So that did remind me very much of, I can remember conversations in a factory that I had where people are very colorful and how they express themselves and all that, but there's no filters, but I didn't mind that. It was, it was actually, I did enjoy it. And so the vision behind one life is, can you, somehow replicate that enough where people can walk in and sit in the lobby and have a cup of coffee and they can say the things that they've been thinking Mm -hmm. most of their lives and not be freaked out on or anything like that and actually hopefully get a substantive answer of some sort and have a good conversation. And it definitely, to me, came across like you guys were just, I mean, it really felt like you were just sitting and listening into a conversation, you know? I mean, sometimes even on a podcast or, you know, on a stage or whatever, it can feel like there's a little bit of like uh um, there's some prep work and kind of like you're on a little bit. This just felt like some three three dudes chilling and having a conversation is what it really yeah, felt that, like. Yeah, because so. <laughs> I know what, like we will send people when we've had guests on here, we will send bullet points and say, there's sure. the questions that- and that's important uh, to do. It, it is good to do. He didn't do that for me though. I mean, I had the first clue. It was a big joke throughout the whole podcast that they led me down into this basement where I didn't even know where I was going and I had no clue. I didn't even know the church hurt angle. Yeah. I knew he just said, you want to talk about why the church sucks so bad? And that was it. And, and uh, I didn't didn't know the angle. I didn't know what or why, and we just kind of let it go. So in that sense, it was it was a little intimidating at times because I truly didn't know what was going to come out of anybody's mouth the next minute. Uh, but they, again, they were gracious. And he said that at the end is that they are encouraging conversations like that because there's a difference between just a full-on argument where I'm trying to win, right, uh, uh, or I'm I'm trying to make you lose, yeah, versus. Uh, really trying to hear someone speak out of their life and, and grapple with issues and things like that. And that's what I felt like it was. So that's why I was pretty satisfied with it. And again, you have to warn people before they sure. listen to it. This is yeah. not a Christian thing. This is right. a very much a raw, okay, this is somebody throwing out stuff and not caring. Yeah. But he asked my permission before he turned the mic on. He said, I won't, I won't be able to say how he said it, but <laughs> yeah. he said, do you mind if I'm pretty much of a, you know, and I was like, Just sure, yeah, yeah. Have, however you want to be, that's fine, man, go for it. Well, there's a couple of points that, and I, I took some notes as I was listening. So took I was like, notes. Oh, yeah, because I wanted to talk about this a little bit here. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of points and I don't even know, you know, the best way to process through these, but I, I just thought it was really fascinating because again, I think this is the stuff that as I'm, you know, even, um, even as my, just my daily view has changed, you know, I'm not coming into a church perspective or a church staff perspective as much. I'm still a part right. of the church and, um, but I'm seeing more and more people in the way that they're asking questions. I'm like, yeah, this is, is really unique, but I love that he said, and they both said, you know, society needs the concept of the church more than ever. And, uh, and really like, and he expanded on that and said, I don't know another institution where people are coming together, brothers or brothers, you're familiar to me, singing together, being around, uh, being bound together. I don't know any other way this country comes together without that kind of communion together. And yeah. even even someone who says, you know, I don't believe, you know, in all this stuff, but I can see that that, that is a big deal. And I can't right. see the way that, you know, people can, uh, you know, just more come together if we don't have more institutions like that. Yeah, yeah, it was, in, and it's near and dear to his heart because he is a therapist by trade, yeah. and he knows what people truly need. And he, his greatest concern, he said, is that we are fracturing what he said in exponential levels. Like mm-hmm. it's it's going on, it's always gone on, but it's going on in just a very alarming pace. And he's observing that in his own practice. He's watching this over and over again, and he scanned the horizon, saying, "Well, what's going to fill that 
problem? What's going to solve that? And the church is literally one of the few things that he can see that would even hope to do that. Just And, and that's what we kind of take for granted every now and then, that in our country and around the world in the past, obviously it wasn't perfect, but the church was the center of the community for many small towns all across the country. It was, it was where you, that's why you see cemeteries next to churches and old, you know, people lived there, died there, were married there, did community there, had potlucks there. It was where you did life. And that's how you had that community glue. And we have removed that. So what is it now? And then actually what it is now is all the little subdividing things, like everything from bowling leagues to, uh, you know, whatever else you're into. Yeah. And uh, and so he's he's right. He's making a good point, but he's making it kind of as an in depth observation as a therapist. Yeah, I just thought it was fascinating to think that you know people outside are seeing that. And they're like, well, we want this to be a thing where you know this helps people come together. And, and even talking about you know singing together, like sometimes people ask, like, why do we do that in church? It's like, well, even as someone who um, may not take part in that, it's like I can see the communion when you're doing something together, uh, like like singing. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you kept uh, that was my favorite thing. You kept. Uh, talking about like music because right. they want to make fun of it, and you're like hang on a second that's right don't make fun of our music yeah, come our on music. i like our music and I'm, and I'm proud of our musicians and i love it but I, there, there's also this very real sense of sometimes we take for granted what the church actually does and and his his the thing he said about singing together i thought you know i've been in church most of my life and yeah and i don't even like the singing when i was a kid but you think about that. What else? Where else do you do that? What else joins you? Uh, we were we were talking about. Uh, there was a series we did a few years ago about that was around based around music, and we were brainstorming as a staff. And uh, someone pointed out that you can go to a concert and everybody's singing a song. Everybody's singing this one song, and you don't know what they believe yeah. politically. You don't know their background. You don't know anything about, but there's this unifying effect that everybody in this entire stadium of 20,000 people are singing the same thing. There's something very powerful about that, yeah. and that's really what a church does week in and week out, week in and week out. There's a lot of things we may not have in common, but we have this belief thing that does kind of match our personalities in ways that we wouldn't find just kind of out in the marketplace or whatever. Yeah. So that's a, that's a valid thing that I hadn't really thought of i'd take it for granted that oh sure yeah we sing a few songs you know yeah well anyway i just wanted to process through some of the conversation that you guys had and you know again if people want to listen to it just be a little prepared that it's a little more colorful than the one life podcast (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh the conversation is good and i think that um anyone that listened to it it seemed like was even commenting even on your facebook post just saying like thank you for having this conversation and i think that's what we want to be more and more prepared as as you know people of faith and a new generation, you know, and a culture that is coming more and more or is post-Christian, you know, to be able to have right. these conversations is important to not come at it with, you know, an argumentative style, but in a way we can listen and have dialogue and then walk away and say, okay, well, you know, thanks for having the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that was, uh, that was the, the best part of it. And I was honestly, I was a little nervous posting it on my Facebook page. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I knew it yeah. came out and I thought, well, are people going to receive this? Or are they not? And I was kind of bracing myself for some maybe some negative pushback or whatever, which I didn't ever get. I mean, I'm sure there were people out there that were yeah. fans, but uh, most of the positive, most of the comments were very positive. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm glad. I was very glad I did it anyway. It didn't bother me at all to do it, but yeah. I, I, I was a little concerned that people out there might not understand when they started hearing the colorful side of it and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure for you, I mean, I, I don't know what your weekly routine of people you spend time with is always like, but I mean, getting outside of, you know, your normal kind of bubble of people kind of challenges you too. Like it's an opportunity oh, to yeah, be, without a doubt. and I think that's something that 
what I would say what's re- the best about it is it just was real. It was just normal and real and conversation yeah. that anyone could relate to regardless of your background of faith or not. And I think that's pretty unique and um, just, I don't know, just thought it was really interesting and was uh, glad yeah. to be able to listen to it. So Well, I, I and I do, I miss that a little bit because when I was working in the marketplace, I had that as a built-in. Yeah. I know sometimes I didn't like that all the time. Yeah, but, uh, of <laughs> and, but the church kind of created the opposite problem. It was yeah. like, okay, now it, it, it's, it's more uh, few and far between uh, that I get to engage in kind of that more brass tacks kind of conversations. And yeah, so, so at least it was an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Well, um, I know we had a couple of things we want to talk about uh, today yeah. if we have the time. I mean, but I feel like our last episode we talked about you were getting ready to go in for a procedure. I guess we just check in. How are you feeling? Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I've, I've learned that when people ask me how I'm feeling, it's kind of a trick question. Yeah. And I know they mean well to say it and I'm, I don't, I don't mind it, but I, cause I said that, the, the struggle is, on one hand, you don't want to be dishonest. Right. But on the other hand, you don't want to be a whiner either. <laughs> so if I tell you how I really feel, I don't want to make you feel bad. Yeah. But if I say, wow, I feel terrible <laughs> yeah. today, uh, I don't want to I don't want to get into that because I sound like I'm whining or something. But but uh, So I was always kind of tossed back and forth on that. But So I've learned just that I I feel pretty good. Actually, right now, I'm this coming Wednesday will be week three from the actual surgery itself. And so... Uh, I was caught off guard by how bad I would feel that first week sure. uh, to the point where I asked them, is this normal? Uh, you know, should I be feeling this bad? And they pretty much confirmed, yeah, yeah, it's, it's about so right. It is. Oh, wait a minute, that's not what you said going into it. I feel like they didn't warn me all that much because yeah. I knew I'd be sore. What I've told people is I knew I'd be sore because I have incisions and all that sort of stuff, but I didn't know I'd be sick. And I, mm. I like every day... I felt sick and I wasn't prepared for that. It was just like, oh gosh, like like when you're getting, I compare it to getting the flu. Yeah, that, that feeling you get when you know something's coming on, you're starting to achy and yeah. all that. I would have that like every day and I wasn't prepared for that. I thought there was something really truly wrong with me. Uh, so I went through that the first week. It kind of tapered off a little bit the second week, but then I still would still encounter it. And then today, this uh, we're on a Monday right now. Uh, I've tried to come back into work and just do a normal day, but right now I, I can feel just sort of the the energy levels ebbing away and all that sort of stuff and i don't feel sick but i feel just kind of like <laughs> worthless or something like that so yeah. uh, but i don't feel bad anymore okay. uh, that that's kind of gone away and the surgery itself was considered a, a, a success and all the things that they wanted to do and accomplish they did and especially okay. getting rid of the cancer so that was the <laughs> that was the, the main, main thing. <laughs> the main thing yeah. you have to tell yourself that every now and then like okay i don't like any of these other side effects <laughs> this was terrible that was terrible but hey in the end uh, the cancer's not in there anymore and uh, that's the win because the if win. it stayed in there uh, that's bad right that's, that's not something you want to encounter so all right well you know, yeah it, it was it was it was considered successful but i'm hoping i don't have to repeat it anytime soon so yeah i bet not well yeah i'm glad you're successful i'm glad you're feeling sounds like better each week so uh, but it did make me time. think of you and I, I i i'm not just saying this yeah. because i know that in your life you went through i went through you know I had my tonsils out and then I had this and that's yeah. it. That's yeah. the two procedures and you had, I don't know how many, but I know it's a astronomical yeah. number. And it really made me kind of, as, as I was going through all my stuff, I thought, my goodness, especially as you were growing up and you were very young. Yeah. What that, because at times what I learned was this is hard. It, it is. It, it's where it wears on you. And again, I, I'm talking three weeks since my surgery, mm-hmm. but there was a week in there where in the middle of the night, I would just be miserable. And I was just like, ugh, it wears on you emotionally, mentally. Yeah. Just relate everything. You just don't. You're so reliant on other people 
That's yeah. really hard and reliant on, you know, medical professionals to tell you what to do, yeah. which is terrifying. And I know a lot of people don't like that in general, but also at some point you have to trust other people, which is really hard. But then at some point it starts to feel like, and this is something I'm still processing through as, you know, uh, you know, an older adult at this point, you know, processing through things that, that I went through as a child that at some point they were almost feel disconnected from me. Like they're a part of hmm. something that happened, but I wasn't really there. I just kind of like they did, you know, these surgeries or things to my body, but it wasn't really me, which is weird to think about. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's almost like you have to reconnect your, your brain to your body to be like, this is who I am, you know? And because other people were, you know, basically taking control of that. And it's like giving that control up is hard. Do you think that was like a coping mechanism almost in your in your brain? Yeah. That there was a separation created? My, my therapist would say that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. But I mean, for sure. I mean, because at some point, it's almost like, especially as a child, you just want to be like every other kid. I mean, every sure. kid has some version of that, right? You know, where you're just like, oh, I want to be like this person or that person, or I want to be right. really good at sports or, you know, whatever it is. I want to be really good at guitar. Um, and some of those things, obviously, you know, you can work on. But, you know, for me, it was like, I just want to be able to have a summer where I'm not in the hospital, you know, or good things like heavens. that. But, um, and that was when I was younger. And then I was pretty healthy through high school. And then college was a whole other experience. But, um, yeah. So yeah, I totally understand that a little bit, Brett. <laughs> well, I, I figured you would. And I, I thought, well, it's more like I've learned to understand just a little bit, a glimpse of, yeah. of what you would have had to deal with a lot more by lifestyle than I had to. Mine's just a stop in the road. Uh, but that was the thing that struck me. And I felt like I didn't deal with it very well. If I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this in the sermons in the future, because I was a little disappointed in myself in mm. some sense, because I was kind of watching myself going, man, you're, you're, you're not, you're you're losing it because <laughs> it just it wore on me. Yeah, uh, I couldn't. You couldn't go to the normal things that you went to just to kind of strike up some kind of positive attitude or optimism or whatever else. Uh, there just wasn't energy there or something because yeah. uh, your physical mixed with your emotional is is very very challenging. It doesn't uh, make sense. Like in your yeah. brain, you're like, I can do that, and you're like, I can't do that. And yeah, it's like, that's right. I can't do Literally, that. Yeah. I cannot do this. So, uh, yeah. uh, so I admire it. It it, it made me uh, up my admiration for you, oh, and, well, and, thanks, and have Brett. you well seriously. And you've ended up being this optimistic, encouraging type person, and having been through all that, I wonder if I would have come out on the other side <laughs> <laughs> that way. I don't know. Yeah, well, you can't you know you can't teach experiences, right? You yeah. have them, so yeah, using true. those to continue to share with other people. So I think that's why right. we'll probably keep asking and checking in with you here. You know, kind of right. learn with you, and yeah. I think that's what you said. You might. We'll use those in probably future messages. I think being honest and raw about that is the best way that you can help people, you know, understand. Yeah. And learn from that as well. So Yeah, I'm trying to think of a way to do it because I've decided that all my stories, all the good stories that come in this, all of them are too much information. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they, that's a good. They point. fall in that category. <laughs> like I'd love to tell it. No, I can't really nope. tell that story. People wouldn't really want to hear that. Because they'd be like, ah, TMI, you know, yeah. sorry. And uh, so I'm like, man, because that, that's what I've always told my kids. Even if you go through the bad experience, at least you get a story out of the deal. Yeah. And, but I'm now I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I get to have any of my stories. Mm, they're my just wife doesn't want to hear them yeah, yeah. They're just, <laughs> because they're kind of gross. Uh, so, all right. Well, two other things. And then we want to talk about, and then if we have time for any of the kickstart questions, that's something we want to continue yeah, talking absolutely. about here. But, um, we are, have been in a series. So as we record, we don't know if some of these episodes are going to come out. We may be weeks past when this is over, but, but we're in a series talking about, um, generosity yeah. and that's something you've been talking about seven weeks now is that right 
it will be the seventh week seventh this week. coming Sunday. When it's when it's over, we will have done seven Sundays. Yeah, and, yeah. and we've talked a little bit about that here, I think, uh, in our previous episode. And, um, you know, it's been unique in being able to hear from different people. We had Karen uh, Kislin, who taught a few weeks ago. Yeah. And then uh, Chris Shadowin has taught. Um, you've taught. And it's been, you know, interesting just kind of hearing different perspectives. You know, I actually just went back and re-listened to Karen's message this morning. Um, and she's just, you know, obviously we've had Karen on the podcast. She's incredible in the way that she understands and studies and just thinks through the Bible and sees it through right. a lens of always gospel centered and really always connects Jesus to every story. And so she's going through you know, an old Testament story about Abraham and Isaac. And I think a lot of people have maybe made that connection. If you've been in church before that, that is a gospel centered story, but she just went through every line by line and it's just really unique and, and great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then also, uh, we have to talk a little bit about these little funny videos that uh, Chris <laughs> we have and to Andy. Talk about those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I show them to our staff in the office, and we're just laughing. And they're like, "What's this for?" And I'm like, "You know, I don't really know, but it's funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny." Yeah. What possible function could these have? Uh, uh, those well, guys are having fun. You can tell. Well, yeah. No, I I, I told everybody yesterday because I, I I felt like I need to explain it. Was the original concept was. Because we were talking about some of the things that are, we've been very open about the fundraising bit can be uncomfortable for everybody and it can be awkward and this, that, and the other thing. And and we were talking about, that, I and mean, that's not just true in church. I mean, there there are radio fund drives, there's TV ones, there's ones that happen out with, you know, if your kids in band in school or something like that. There's fund, uh, there's fundraisers everywhere all the time. And they, they're all characterized by certain things that... Yeah if you're a little more cynical, sometimes you can roll your eyes or you can. And so we were kind of making fun of some of that just in the office. And we decided to go, well, why don't we make fun of ourselves? Why don't we just go ahead and have some of these things made fun of that way it gets it all out there. Yeah. And, and, and so I literally just said, to Chris, just come up with something. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. And, <laughs> and it was truly a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. And uh, that's what you got. That's what we got. And it's. Uh, I, I think it. I think it does get that point across. It does put people on that kind of that level playing ground because people can turn on a, you know, a, some any kind of drive, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get another story. And like they keep making the joke about it, like I need a kidney, you know, right. and they match someone with a kidney, you know, like it's extreme, but it is pretty, pretty funny. But oh, yeah. And I was hoping it would put people in a place where it's okay to make fun of these things yeah. or think some of these thoughts in the back of your mind where you're kind of rolling your eyes just a little bit at some of the things that go on, but it just is what it is. And so let's just acknowledge it. And it was a good, it was, it was also just comedy relief if nothing else. Yeah, of and course. Then, yeah. Um, anything else for the series that you would, you know, as we kind of wrap it up and I'm sure as this episode's aired, uh, will air, uh, the series will have ended. Um, anything you want to No, I, I think, I, I think I can sincerely say, uh, cause, and I think I will say this in, in a message coming up that we did get into this. I've tried to be very honest about this. We got into this because we had a problem. Like sure. well, we're okay. We we're we're falling behind on some money. We've got some big decisions to make if this doesn't get fixed. And so that's why we stepped into it. There's no question about it. And I don't think we would have had we not. If we didn't have the problem, we wouldn't have even talked about it. But I can say dealing with the subject has been a lot of fun for me, and, it, and it's been and it's been a growing experience. I'm not just making that up. And as the pastor, I have to say that it's right. like like hearing Karen's angle on that, or hearing people talk about it, or the discussions that we've gotten into, and the studies that that I've done myself, or the teaching that I've done. It's 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 gone way be. It truly has gone way beyond the budget to where I genuinely find myself wanting to be, and I am thinking 
about generosity in completely different ways than I did before. And I want to be more generous and I, I mm. want that to be a part of my life more than I did before, irrespective of church budget or whatever else. That has authentically happened. That's, that's one of the things that I guess I would stress to everybody. And I hope that's not just true for me. I hope it's been true for other people that they just think of it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, or maybe the image that they will always have in their mind is Chris sitting there and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and doing about, his little old lady voice yeah, or whatever. That else. was pretty funny. Right. And Andy's, uh, yeah, there's just so many little things like, cause I know those guys and watching them, yeah, I'm like, that is so funny just seeing them have fun. You right. Know? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's interesting. Even as you say that, like, I mean, I have, I guess some thoughts and questions, like you say, obviously this was, there was a problem, you know, that needed to be addressed and, you know, you're kind of into this. I mean, churches talk about generosity fairly frequently, probably. I mean, um, I can't remember the last time One Life did a full series Maybe well, see that was one of the discussions we had. Apparently, I didn't talk about it enough. That was, <laughs> I, I was accused of of uh, not dealing with it quite as much as you well, should. I think it's interesting because I think I even had a conversation with someone here who was talking about like when you talk about this, this, and this. I'm like, right, I I don't disagree, but are you only saying that because there's a problem? Because if that's the case, then that feels like almost a little manipulative. I mean, it's not, but like right. responding to a problem is not a bad thing. Obviously, we have right. to do that, but. Either this is something that's important or it's something that's only important when we need it to be important. How right. do you respond to that? Like, people ask that question. I don't know. This kind of puts me on the spot. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was <laughs> just thinking about that. I feel like that. I'm back at the man-made thing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think we have dealt with in the past. There's no question about that. And we've done it without there being a problem before. Sure. So I know that's happened. But on the other hand... I, I know my own hesitancy has always been because I know of people's cynicisms. And so I do shy away from it. I'm not saying it's not important, but I know it's, it's a barrier that a number of people have. It's a cliche barrier. Yeah. It's one of those things where, Oh, of course the church is going to talk about this. And so I have always struggled from the very beginning with the tension between knowing it's something that's important that should be dealt with, but also knowing that there's a lot of built-in misunderstanding, a lot of cynicism around it. So my natural bent was always to back off a little bit of it mm -hmm. because I'd rather uh, remove the barrier than deal with that. And I think that in the end, it, it, that, that probably did cost us, no, no pun intended, but it was kind of, that, but that's why. That, that tension has always lived inside of me, and I err in the, in the, in the direction of, uh, well, let's just not, Let's not talk about this uh, as much as maybe we, we should uh, because of that those stumbling blocks that people have in their minds. Sure. And, and I mean, personally... And it came back to bite me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing that, you know, every person can understand when we think about um, the last two years and specifically the way everyone's had to make shifts and changes through a pandemic. I mean, something you haven't... No one prepared for, was not prepared for. Uh, and we can even look at how things have changed in the last two years. And it's like feels like things were really good at first because everyone was kind of like behind it. And then as things started to get back to normal, like, oh, now we're starting to see the effects of that. And I think a lot of people are seeing that. I've seen some even local businesses that have closed in the last few weeks. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah, the leggies closed. Did you know that? No. Yeah, that gosh, sad? they've been around forever. I know. That's terrible. Um, I guess they're still going to stay open for like private events. But I just saw right. an article about that. But I'm like, oh, it just reminded me of like. I feel like people really were supportive, you know, early on yeah. because we want to make sure the things that we care about and do are still there and do uh, provide for us the, the experiences that we're looking for and the community that we need. Um, and now we're kind of back to like, oh, 
now what do I do? And we're back to you know, kind of normalish life right now, and it, yeah. which feels great. Um, but yeah, it is one of those. It's a uh, and the needs. I, I think the needs just feel so pervasive. I mean, they're everywhere you look yeah. because it affected everyone and everything, no For matter sure. where you looked. And and so it, it could be almost overwhelming. We all wanted to be supportive, but you can't be supportive of everything there is uh, yeah. without just kind of pulling in on yourself and saying, okay, well, I'm just gonna try to figure out my best uh, tack here. Uh, you know, it, I was thinking about the giving thing too. One of the things that I was convicted to do, like through the pandemic, was to go through the life of Jesus and just right. kind of go through the book of Luke. And, and we did that. And the giving thing did come up in that context. And I like that. That's what I prefer. I, I prefer the text to kind of be the guide sure. and just bring it up in that case. And we did. We talked about greed and we talked about all those things. But and so there, I feel very comfortable when it's when somebody can look down at the text and see it's just there it is, and we're not trying to create anything. Uh, I prefer that. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, there is sort of this thing where there's a there's a business thing, yeah, lurking behind it to where you're going. Well, it didn't come at the uh, come up in the text, but it's come up in life. Yeah, <laughs> so we. For sure. We, we better deal with this. And that's true. I, I've seen that true in other cases, like when there's a national tragedy or uh, there's just something going on in pop culture that you haven't talked about yet, but it's such a big issue. Okay, well, we can't wait for the text to bring it up. Let's just go ahead and say, let's just go ahead and talk about it at this point. Yeah. And I think even, you know, you're talking about things, and I know that I just saw the, I think it was Facebook uh, post, or maybe, I think it was Facebook, Jimmy just sent an invite to the Easter uh, service. Oh, that's kinda, right. I yeah, got to see a little bit of the website and see a little bit what the topic was about. And I think even as I assume we're talking about uh, what's the, the tagline again? Hope is here. Hope is yeah. here. Yeah. And so talking about hope um, and even coming out of, you know, so many things change the way people have viewed life and, you know, things that maybe we're fearful or anxious about um, have increased. We've seen that in people. Right. Um, I think that's even another I think that we're still experiencing and still trying to figure out how do we respond to that as a church and how does the church, you know, the big C yeah. church respond to that. And I assume that's part of the conversation going into um, thinking about hope at Easter. Yeah, it is without a doubt. I mean, because it, it, it has been quite a run because you think about all the stuff, the pandemic, and then mm -hmm. about the time the pandemic is, looks like it may be truly like it's in the in the past in a meaningful way. <laughs> now we're there's talk of World War III. So that, that's oh, yeah. uh, it's like stepping from one thing to the next, and it gets a little overwhelming. It I does. think the hope functions on, okay, you know, it, you know, you going through the sickness thing. Okay, well... My hope is they told me, yeah, about three weeks, you know, you'll get over your pain. Well, if they were to come back and say, okay, there's a new thing yeah. now on the post side of that, my hope would diminish <laughs> just a little sure. bit and it'd be kind of difficult, you know? Yeah. So getting one thing after the other, and of course we had the race issues that were going on in 2020 and just the one thing after the other and the economic concerns and inflation and all these kinds of things. That's why we wanted to go ahead and say, where do you, where do you find hope even though we may be looking at one thing after the other and there's, there's gotta be a higher source than just kind of the news is good this week. Yeah. And that's part of the conversation for the Easter service and um, definitely invite anyone to check that out. You can always go yeah. to check our YouTube channel out. It's something that a lot of times on Sundays, I usually, I usually attend our West campus and a lot of times the second service every week I think, Oh, I'm going to go to first service. And I get up and I'm like, 
it's kind of nice. I can get up, drink a little coffee. I know. But I usually turn on the broadcast because I'm still, it's still something, you know, something was kind of my baby for a while. Well, and, sure. That's right. Uh, it's I take a look at that and try to, you know, give some positive reinforcement of things that are going well. And I know that sometimes you don't always hear those when you're up in the studio looking at those things. So it's, yeah. you got to uh, support those things when you see them. But Yeah, you better believe it. Um, and then, um, uh, I forgot the other thing I was going to say. I just lost it. It was in my brain. Oh, and it's no. Just gone. That's terrible. I'm sure it was a golden nugget. I have no question about that. Probably not. Well, I will add this, though, that what we're doing with, with Easter, we are going to have the theme of hope, but we are calendaring beyond that. Uh, we want to hit hope from a several different angles, uh, like involvement in the city, uh, where we've adopted one of a neighborhood and kind of want to use that as even a metaphor and acting out of hope, you know, hope for our city, in other yeah. words, and, and hope for like. Uh, people are struggling in raising their teenagers in a social media uh, society. You know, what do you do with that? And so we're going to have a thing where we're going to try to help people with that. And, and uh, we've got a, uh, we've got some outside speakers coming in. are going to talk about hope in the face of suffering or hope in the face of uh, this challenges to faith. Uh, we're, we're trying to package like the rest of the year around that thematically. Cool. Uh, so, and, and offer some, and it's not just Sunday mornings and not just Sunday morning sermon kind of stuff. There'll be different, opportunities that we had that we'll be talking about and they're pretty excited about it. yeah it's so, pretty fun because i don't too. know any of this stuff so i'm just learning about that's it that's right everyone else gonna, yeah right you'll get to see it from the yeah. cheap seats and, and <laughs> that's it, right. oh. um, actually this sunday i'm going to be over west up on the stage so on the stage i'm, service, leading. On the stage? I'm service leading oh are you real oh good yeah. i'm yeah. glad to hear that yeah, yeah. You, jason jason asked and i was like it's been three months I, it I has been that's so. right and you'll probably get some standing o or something like that it could happen you never can tell did you ever think of what you you had in your head no, not okay. yet. <laughs> it's gone too yeah, late. It's, it's good. gone. Um, anyway, I mean, those are the things I wanted to cover. I know, um, anything else you want to highlight while we're here? Uh, the main thing is, is really just, uh, as we go into the future, um, we, we are going to be, you know, as we've talked about the financial thing, but we're going to be talking about what we're doing going forward. It's not just about the budget. It's actually doing things, going into mission, having the hope thing. And then as people give, that is what we're looking at doing all the way into the fall where we're hoping this year that uh, we get to do a Because event, which was scheduled in 2020. Right. And we all know why that didn't happen. So right. the money is still there. We actually received special offering to have that thing. And we're going to make another attempt in the fall of 2022 with yeah. a kind of an underlying hope theme to that as well. And so point being that as we're giving and as we're kind of looking forward, we've got a number of things in a row that are, uh, I think people are going to uh, enjoy being a part of and, and uh, it's going to get us, get us active again. I don't know. It feels like we're still crawling out of a cave after all the last two years. Sure. And I think just community with people. It's something I was reminded of yesterday. Got to spend time with um, some friends and it was just one of those like, man, this is what like still one of my favorite things. I know I, I think I said this on the podcast, still one of my favorite things like, Obviously, I love connecting at church and learning and growing in faith together, but in spending time outside in the lobby or going to lunch, like community happening, you know, outside the building, continuing on and reminding people yeah. that, that it continues to happen. You're not alone. So I think that's what's really important about why One Life Church exists, why the Church mm -hmm. of Evansville exists in Henderson. And, you know, we want spaces for people to be able to um, just experience um, hope together. And I think that's Absolutely. what's exciting yeah. about coming up with this Easter season and um, also, yeah, it's just been, it's been fun. I've been in also an NCAA, um, you know, group text, everyone, we're doing a little, 
a little uh, bracket together. And so it's been fun. Like even things like that are exciting because, you know, you're still having community by. Well, sure. Yeah. And you're doing it together. And especially this year with anybody's bracket, it's got to be, <laughs> does anybody's even work anymore? Let me tell you a quick, quick story. Okay. okay so, absolutely. um, Matt Breivogel, right? yeah. you're familiar with Matt. So Matt uh, was on staff here, and Matt and I worked together here at One Life. Uh, he's a creative arts director, and he now works for a company called 99, and they do uh, vintage college basketball apparel. And they had a post that, like, they were doing, like, a giveaway, and it's like, tag someone whose bracket is busted for a chance to win. And he tagged me. <laughs> tagged me in it. So I tagged Ryan Nunn in it. So well, there you go. Hey, hey. you know, if, if, if they live anywhere in this part of the country, their bracket is busted. Yeah, I mean, this, there, there are no survivors after what's going on. So, but Purdue's advancing on to the Sweet 16. I don't know where we'll be at you know, next time we there record, but some we'll, people uh, think that's wonderful. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I'm glad. That's um, Brett. It's good to hang out with you. It's great to hang out with you. I'm glad we did it, and yeah. uh, I'm glad we can kind of keep things kind of moving forward. And there's a lot going on, and a lot, a lot of good things going on. So I'm excited about that. So we're excited to continue telling you more about things coming up here at One Life Church. Again, you can go to onelifechurch.org, or if you want to check out any of the conversations we talked about that we've already had on a Sunday morning, uh, or if you want to see some of those videos of Chris and Andy, they're in most of the messages the last few weeks. They are, and we put the unedited versions we have posted there. They oh, are really? out there. It's I have my not understanding. Seen those. Yes, we need to put the link out there or something because yes the unedited versions are wow you'll see why they were edited oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, one life church just search that on youtube you can find um what one the other thing i really have loved and props to jimmy for getting this done is uh you're putting the pre, the recorded messages in the studio they're definitely directed towards people watching yes, online yeah yeah it's, it's more in a youtube format yeah i it's love been, it it's been yeah we finally did it we've talked about it for a long time we're doing it just took Jimmy, you know? That's all it took. That's all it took a Jimmy. So. <laughs> all right, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time.